on today's episode, Remembering a Friend Who Wasn't Afraid of the Beasts. Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Shortridge, and his wacky sister. Wacky. Wacky. Wacky Jen. Wacka Jen. <laughs> Whack them all. Hi, Joe. How are you? All right. A couple your... of things. Okay. Tell all the, our listeners about this oh. little thing here that you got for me. Okay. This is the strangest <laughs> thing. Very and then, odd, odd, odd. I'm going to interrupt you again, and then I want to hear about your story. Hey, okay. <laughs> Story of my life. Okay, so. Um, oh. <laughs> Out with it, man. No, I was just, but, I was just butting in. <laughs> As always. Okay. So last week's show, we talked all about mounds, giant skeletons, and mm-hmm. all of the mounds that are here in Ohio. And so on Saturday... After we had taped a show, I went to an estate sale because my sister saw online that there was two tiaras that they were selling and she wanted them. So I went over there and the tiaras were gone. I think somebody stole them because the girl's like, oh, they were just sitting right here and I haven't sold them. So I don't know what happened to them. Stolen tiaras. Weird though. Okay. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to estate sales and I know some of you like Kimberly Poppy probably has been to a million of them. You know, it's basically people go in and they're selling off everybody's goods in their house, right? Because they've either passed away or gone into a retirement home or whatever. So I go in this house and it's a small house. It's two stories, tiny dining room, tiny kitchen, two or three bedrooms upstairs. But one of them was was closed off. That's where the TRs were. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Weird, creepy vibes go in there. Now, there's all this Native American, like, dolls and and trinkets. There's a huge thing of, like, precious moment collections. There's collections of, like, Titanic memorabilia, but not, like, real stuff. But, like, you know, like, I don't know. It was weird. There was, this person was a Girl Scout leader because, like, all the clothes in the closet were, like, Girl Scout uniforms, but they were old. Like, they had been in the closet for years. Oh. Like, all the hangers were rusty. It was just a mess. All, I mean, just the whole house was knickknacks. I didn't even go in the basement because I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so I go upstairs. Short story long. I go upstairs. There's a person in the other bedroom. But, and I walk into this other bedroom, and I see a man standing there. And I turn around, and he was gone. Oh. And he had gray hair and glasses and just a normal average looking dude. I saw him. Yeah. And I turned around like I saw him full on and then he was gone. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I grabbed some like vintage clothing. I bought two vintage um, karate geese. So I'm going to try to sell them. So I go downstairs. Or to I could pay. just wear them. <laughs> yeah, Joe and I will wear them to the next <laughs> convention. What's that? Ghosts. <laughs> choppy, choppy ghost. Um, so I go downstairs and I'm, you know, tying this all in here and I go to pay and next to the pay table, there's this big chunk of metal sitting there. And I found out it's pewter. Wow. Yeah. It's heavy too. It right? is. It's like probably a pound and it's about the size of a business card or a playing card. And I looked down and I immediately recognized 
the design on it, it's the serpent mound. It's the it's a repli- replica of the serpent mound, which we talked about on last yeah. week's show. We recorded just before you left the house and went to the... And it was so weird because I had walked by that table and I didn't see it. And then when I came back, it was just sitting there. And it says it's a replica of the Serpent Mound, Adams County, Ohio. And it tells a little bit about it. And it's got like this really old like card that's glued on the back of it. And you can tell it's that old like printing Mm -hmm. type thing. So, but it was just probably from the 40s or the 30s. Yeah. And it was just so interesting because we were just had the show about it. And they looked down and it's just sitting there. And then I bought, and I can't find it. I don't know what happened to it. I bought uh. this picture of this Native American standing next to another person. And it was really interesting. And I, I don't know if it was a postcard or a photograph, but I, it was really intriguing. So I bought it and I can't find it. Uh. So I don't know if I dropped it on the way out of the house or what, or may, it might be in my trunk. Um, but it I'm telling you, you go to these estate sales and people do not want to give up their stuff. You know, it's kind of sad. Like all of your possessions, people are just tramping through your house. You're dead and they're tramping through your house and picking over everything, all your things. And I mean, there were just hundreds and hundreds of trinkets everywhere. I always get creeped out when I go to estate sales because knowing what we know in the the paranormal, it's like the... Are the spirits of the people there? They were. I saw him. I literally saw this guy and turned and he was gone. There's nowhere he could have gone because I was between the the door of the bedroom and the room. I was just like, oh my gosh, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> like seeing goes in. Before we get into our show, why don't you tell the story that you were just telling me before I we know. came on air? You guys know I like to share my weird ghosty things that happen in my house so again lay down in bed and I usually like play on my phone or watch discovery plus why before I go to sleep right and I'm laying there and before I even turn the phone on I get in the bed and I throw the covers over my shoulder and I hear a woman's voice and it was clear hey really yeah I was like uh, okay <sighs> Did I just hear that? It's so weird because like the other day I heard somebody sneeze. It was like a sneeze or a cough. And it sounded like it was in the house, but it also sounded like it could have been right outside my window, which kind of creeped me out. Like yeah. somebody standing out outside my window sneezing or coughing. <laughs> I just thought it was just very odd. And I was like, I chalked that one up to it could have been somebody outside. But if it was, they were right up against my window because it was loud. I'm like, oh. I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too tired. Leave me alone, ghost. I need to sleep. I know. They should know. I have a pulled muscle in my rib. Like the muscle separated from the rib. It hurts so bad. It's from coughing. And then I re-aggravated it because I coughed or sneezed or something. I don't know. But anyways, I know everybody's sick right now. Like there's a lot of like Joe was down for the count for a couple weeks. And I, <laughs> this is. Not paranormal, but it's very weird. So I'm going to tell you. There was a man who stifled his sneeze and he blew a hole through his, um, what do you call it? Not your vocal cords, but esophagus. The esophagus. Because he stifled his <laughs> sneeze and had to have emergency surgery. So if you're going to sneeze, just sneeze. Just sneeze. Just sneeze all over yourself. Why do living things sneeze? I don't know. If something gets tickled up in your Cats, nose. Cats, dogs, chihuahuas. They are. 
chupacabras. Chupacabras sneeze. Yeah, it just, I guess you just, I don't know. And you know, you cannot keep your eyes open when you sneeze. <laughs> I don't know. I never tried. <laughs> your eyes always close. I don't know. Just weird, 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 random yeah. stuff. But anyways, um, so, you know, Joe and I heard the news and we broke it on our Facebook page a little bit ago, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, we had some sad news to report um, that author... Linda Godfrey uh, passed away on November 27th yeah. of this year. Um, if you know Linda, she was very big in the paranormal community. She was an author. She had over 17 books published. And she had been following the story of The Beast of Bray Road, which was one of her books, um, for well over 25 years. She uh was one of the first people who talked about like dog man mm -hmm. or werewolves and um, had gone all over the United States for conventions and, and speaking engagements. And, and we just, you know, wanted to give our condolences to her friends and her family. Um, it's, it's a great loss for the paranormal community. It is. She actually broke that story of the beast. Yeah. Of Road. So what it is, is um, Elk, Elkhorn, Wisconsin, was before this was actually known as a Christmas town. Mm. Okay, so Elkhorn is located about 40 miles southwest of Milwaukee. The, the information I had of as of 2019, it's home to 10,000 people. Wow. <laughs> so it's a small town. Yeah. And in the 1950s, the town was highlighted on a TV series called The March of Time mm. as a Christmas town. And then in 1958, Henry Ford had eight paintings commissioned of the town in the Christmas sense with, you know, the, with snow and everything mm -hmm. for the Ford Company magazine. Oh. So it was known as a Christmas town until people started seeing the beast of Bray Road, they call it. Basically, it was a dogman werewolf type deal thing. And it was cited for many years, but... What broke it was, you know, the several sightings in the 1990s, which prompted a local newspaper to write a topic about it. So what they did was Linda was commissioned or whatever you call it from the editor to go talk to these people about the Beast of Bray Road mm -hmm. and get their stories about the different sightings that they've had over the years of this dogman-like creature. Mm -hmm. She just went as the reporter to write a story about something that someone saw and it basically changed her life and she became the well-known author of The Beast of Bray Road. Yes, I saw a story of an interview they did with a farmer. Now, it, the, it was named Bray Road, right? Because that's where it was being cited in the 1980s. But in the 1990s, what local farmer had in this interview or documentary or whatever it was, uh, and I can't remember what I saw, he was putting deer carcasses out for this thing, and it, they would disappear. And I think he had put a cow carcass out at one point, hmm. too. I, I can't, I'll have to go back and, and look at, for that for you guys. But, but you know, there's nothing in that area that would be able to drag yeah. something like that away. I don't think they had any large bears in that area, but... As Linda actually said in one of the interviews that, you know, they went out to Bray Road to try to find this again. But even she said that, you know, dogmen don't hang out just in one area. Yeah. 
they travel, and this thing could travel, and it's been sighted all over Wisconsin. And Michigan, too, right? Michigan has a big population of now. I don't know. Obviously, it would take a long trip around, and then they'd have to go over the Mackinac Bridge to get down to lower Michigan. <laughs> but, but but dogmen in general have been seen in Michigan and Wisconsin. Now, do they know about how tall these things are? Usually standing upright, six to seven feet. On all fours, probably four feet. Mm-hmm. And just out of my curiosity, you know, wolves wolves were reintroduced into Upper Michigan, weren't they, at some point? Well, they were always there, but the population has grown since then. But this is but different. They, they don't want, wolves have never been known to stand wo- upright. Yeah. Stand upright, right? Mm-hmm. They might like lean up a, up a tree, but there's no reports of any wolves like walking no bipedally at all right and okay. i have seen photographs that someone has taken they said it was the beast of bray road mm-hmm. and it in the photograph this thing looked like two feet tall it oh. was real small oh. and it it didn't have the right shape you know what i mean because mm-hmm. dogman encounters have always had that specific shape yeah big shoulders big head the hair that sticks up on the back so it this didn't have that and do they think it has sort of human-like features, or is it just very wolf-like? It's more wolf-like. Okay. It doesn't have any human features at all, but it... Other than walking. Other up. than walking upright, okay. or bipedal, or whatever they say. Yeah, no, and it definitely isn't a Sasquatch, because it, it has been reported with the long snout, right? Yeah, different shape, completely. Okay. okay. I just want to make sure that um, we're not confusing the two. Now, I heard that... You know, in that area, it was reported around 1936. Mm-hmm. So clearly there would have to be a group of them. To I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure what the typical lifespan of a, <laughs> a, of a wolf or dog man is. Well, a wolf is about 30 years, maybe? Probably around 20 or 30, yeah. yeah. But the thing is about these dog men, and, then, and we've talked to many people that have had dog men encounters, and had like their tra- our one friend had their trailer rocked mm-hmm. by one, and that was not a wolf at all. Yeah, you know this was a creature that had a huge upper torso, small legs, and was standing upright. And they say that if you see a dogman, it's a harbinger of doom that oh. you're actually going to die. But they didn't die because we talked to them. Yeah. Now, some of the witnesses in the eighties. In this area, in around in and around Bray Road, said that the beast had made contact with their vehicles and had left long scratch marks on the doors mm-hmm. and the trunks. And one witness said she had hit something while crossing Bray Road. And then once she got out of her vehicle, she realized what she had hit. And supposedly, you know, this wolf-like creature had red eyes. It chased her back into the car. And it left claw marks on the rear passenger door. And that sightings have actually happened during daylight hours as yeah, well. There's a gentleman that has saw them during the day. Now, normally they see them running off on all fours during, you know, into the cornfields. And they said that they saw one when it was pursuing a deer. Now, there's been reports of animal mutilations all around this area as well. There have been animal remains, including deer and livestock, and even uh, partially eaten animal carcasses 
that just specific organs have been removed, which is interesting because, you know, if you're just a scavenger, you're just eating whatever, right? You don't care. You're just hungry. You want some deer nuggets or whatever. (laughs) There was another witness who reported driving down Bray Road one late night and observed an unusually large wolf-like creature eating an animal which had been hit by a car on the side of the road. Now, this creature reportedly ran into the woods when the eyewitness's vehicle had stopped and he tried to approach it. And on another occasion, there was a gentleman named Mark Shackleman. Now, this happened in, in around 1936. Uh, there was an incident where he was approximately 45 minutes away from Elkhorn. He worked for a school for gifted children. Um, don't remember the name of it. So he was coming home from work and saw one of these beasts he was digging into a Native American burial mound, which was that's bizarre, very weird. Yeah. Like, so obviously this mound was there, and and you know we talked about mounds on the show mm-hmm. last week. Go back and listen to that show. <laughs> um, oh, yes, go ahead. That's what I was going to say at the beginning of the show. I totally forgot. Yeah. We got a email from someone saying that at the fourteen minute mark they heard an EVP. Yes, during the show. And I have not had a chance to go back and listen, but go back to from the show last week and listen around the 14 minute mark and let us know if you hear it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't have time to listen to it either. I apologize, but I will. Um, so the next morning after he had this encounter with seeing this beast digging into the uh, mound, he's going to work and he sees the same beast feasting on i guess you're feasting on is that the word for it a uh roadkill or a dead animal or i don't know if he killed it or if it was already dead i don't know but anyways so this thing acknowledges him he's like looking at her staring at him must have stopped his car or whatever and the thing said something to him yeah which is very unique because it's the first time that i've heard of any dogman having any type of communication with making any kind of noise so what he said it said was ga da ra now is that native american you know like could that have been something he was telepathically saying or did he physically hear it yeah i mean we're not sure because this was passed down um from his son because he never wanted to talk about mm -hmm. it. it it affected him that much that it scared him that he told his wife, and then he never spoke about he it. He never did. He never talked about it. And then after he passed, his son talked about it. Yeah. I, and for To make a sound. Right. And for him to say that it sounded like vocalization, mm-hmm. I have never heard that before. Right. You might hear a growl or mm-hmm. you know, a howl or whatever noise it makes. I don't know if there's any. Do you know of any um, recordings of no. sounds of dog? That's man? what I mean. I'm, Hmm. Now, I've heard recordings that say they're Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. but never have I ever heard. And you would think if it's a dogman, it would either bark or howl or something because they're American werewolf is what it basically is. It's the American werewolf. So, you know, very interesting that it scared him or affected him like that, that Mm -hmm. he never wanted to talk about it again. Um, You know, I mean, a lot of people that we've talked to, had experience and never told anybody. Yeah, because it's not, 
It's different than like a Bigfoot encounter. They say that if you see a dogman, that's the last thing you see. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that talk about it, then obviously it's not. You know? No. Do you, I don't know, just your opinion. Do you feel like a dogman could be a skinwalker? I never thought of it that way until I heard the vocalization because it would make sense. Yeah, because a lot, I don't know if you guys have seen those videos that, you know, people are out on their ranches or they're on their horses and there's like nobody around for miles and miles. And then they hear somebody say, hey. Yeah. And they think, you know, they, they say it's a flesh stepper, they call it. Because people don't want to say the word skinwalker. Oh, jeez. They're, you know, they say that heart, that summons it to Oh, you. no, it doesn't. <laughs> like whistling in your house. You're not supposed to whistle in your house. You're supposed to call. What? Call upon demons. But oh. I whistle all the time at my bird. Everybody whistles. He never They whistle while they work. <laughs> there are a lot of demons at work. <laughs> yeah, right. So besides the Beast of Bay, Bray Road and mm-hmm. Dogman, there are other cryptids that have been seen in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin is a really well-known cryptid. Yeah. It must just be so vast. And I mean, no, I know there's populated areas, like, mm-hmm. you know, some of the bigger cities, but it's, we drove through it and there were miles and miles and miles of just like farm fields and yeah. forest. And I mean, for miles, <laughs> it was like, are we ever going to get to the city? Because remember we were trying to go to the Bratfest the band was our friend's band was playing at the Bratfest, and we drove to Mil- somewhere near Milwaukee, was yeah. it or something? Mm-hmm. Anyways, we d- I don't think we got any brats at the Bratfest, did we? I didn't because I wasn't. I don't eat meat. Yeah, because of my goat. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, what about some of these other cryptids that have been seen in our? Well, there's that area? the lake, the Lake Winnebago water monster. <gasps> really? Yeah, at Lake Winnebago. Winne- Winnebago. <laughs> So this article here says, ever take a good look at a sturgeon before? They are some of the most massive prehistoric fish that can be intimidatingly intimidating up close and in person. This combination of its size and roots make for some creative folklore. Such an inspiration for the Lake Winnebago water monster. Did you ever see any of those when you were jet skiing under the Mackinac Bridge? No. They're around that area, right? Yeah, but they're under the water, so when we were... Yeah. But I didn't know if, like, maybe you had seen... I mean, I've seen them. Oh, okay. But not there. I mean, I've seen... Not in... I've seen them in tanks and stuff like that. I've never seen while we were... Out in the wild. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Some say that this lake monster is not a surgeon. It's actually a sea serpent. Others say it is a colossal sturgeon. So it goes both ways, whether it is a sturgeon or a lake monster, mm-hmm. like Nessie and all those. As um, I forget the exact name of them, but it's a plesiosaur. Plesiosaur, yeah. yeah. That, I don't know, like. So that was one the the Lake Winnebago Lake Monster, which they think is a a prehistoric, you know, monster. Mm-hmm. There's also Thunderbirds. We've heard of Thunderbirds yeah. a lot in yeah. Wisconsin, and they just had the Chicago sightings mm-hmm. a few years ago. That was a big thing. Some people poo-pooed it, but some people said that it was true. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, they were just found something. What was it? Um, some kind of very strange-looking creature that had crawled up and was like, 
it kind of looked like a mix between a hippopotamus and a crocodile. So I don't know if maybe it was just a deformed crocodile or something. But there are strange creatures that are still being discovered. Like, oh, yeah. There's stuff that washed up on the shore in Japan. This thing, I just read it today, had a really long stout and these huge teeth. Like, it didn't look like anything that anybody's ever seen before. I'm like, who knows? Yeah. Right? There, there's weird stuff out there. There's um, another um, lake monster. It's called the Devil Lake, Devil's Lake Monster. And call it Barbaroo. And it <laughs> it says, originally the lake was referred to Maddie Walken or Bad Spirit by the local um, Nakota Sioux for its deep and cold and salt infested waters. Now, Native Americans would send out their scouts and sometimes warriors into the lake for hunting trips only to hear screams and uh, with other tribesmen telling them how they saw hunters being dragged underneath into the brackish waters by like octopus type tentacles. Oh, really? And other sightings by the Nakota reported huge like Loch Ness monster fish type creatures in that lake as well. Now they have um, some kind of festival that had become like an uh, annual tradition uh, for these giant lake monsters and they still hold them to this day. Hmm. That'd be fun to go to. Yeah. That would be cool. It just seems like, even though Wisconsin's not that far away from us, it seems like a long drive to get there. Well, you have to go through Chicago yeah. from where we're at, and that's a nightmare in itself. That's a whole other paranormal experience, <laughs> driving through Chicago. No, thank you. I did it a couple times. I don't want to do it anymore. We'll take the train. Um, there's one called the Ho-Dog, and it's one of the most unique and famous beasts it's actually called the Rhinelander hold dog. So this creature is famous among northern Wisconsinites. So it even has its own monument oh. there. And there's a country music festival around it. So it first was reported that it was sighted in 1893. And my ears are ringing really bad right now. Oh, wow. Which, I don't know. Have you ever... Okay, rabbit hole. But isn't there something that relates your ear ringing to like spirit communication or something i've never heard of All that right. we got to do a show on that yeah kids. we'll look that up uh but anyways this um creature was reported in 1893 and it's said to have the head of a frog a grinning face like a giant elephant short thick legs set off by huge claws and the back of a dinosaur with a long tail with a spear at the end of it kind of sounds like description of me in the morning I'm taking a shower uh sadly the creature was revealed to be a hoax by the man who had claimed the dinosaur but the legend still carries on to this day that's what's fun and that's I another thing about these legends and that is a lot of these small towns don't accept the fact that they have these legends but some do you know the beast of Prey road was not one of them that the city like embraced mm-hmm. but there are other towns in wisconsin that embrace the weirdness and (laughs) have festivals all the time and i believe that's one of them because i heard a story about a frog man that Mm -hmm. in one of the small towns that have uh, like a frogman festival yeah that'd be fun like in ohio we have the minerva monster the lake lake lakeland that's a that's a frog yeah Yeah. lakeland frogman (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised if you know some of these like obscure lakes you know because like 
Wisconsin, Minnesota, there's full of lakes, right? Mm-hmm. There could be giant frogs or turtles <laughs> or something, like ancient turtle, one ancient turtle still alive. <laughs> so snapper turtle's going to get you. Did you see that picture of that snapping turtle that was like giant? Mm-hmm. All right, I'll put it on our Facebook page for all our listeners. There's another legend in Rock Lake. The curious thing about Rock Lake is that if you dive down in certain parts of the lake, you can find small pyramid structures. What? These wow. mounds are believed to have been created by the Estalon natives. When the lake waters were a lot lower, they built these pyramidal structures, which mm-hmm. are basically mounds. Okay. Among these ruins and vegetation, one can supposedly discover rocky, a large serpent-like reptile that is said to dwell among the deepest sections of the lake and reappear near the surface occasionally. Many reports occurred during the 1800s when fishermen had violent encounters with the beast. These encounters would happen with this beast that they call Rocky Mm -hmm. along the shore where they would be um, traumatized once they sighted this beast (laughs) and they uh, said that it was hissing at them. So there's uh, one last town I want to tell you guys about and this is interesting. So they call this place the Second Salem because of all the paranormal and cryptid activities that goes on there. So it's known for the stories of Witches and spirits. Oh. So it all began with Morris Pratt in 1889, where he built the Pratt Institute, which dealt with topics of spiritual studies um, long before the existence of the town of Whitewater. Um, there were many local stories of witches' triangles, which we've seen before, yes. um, intersecting graveyards, uh, the witches' tower, which is a barricaded water tower. And a mysterious locked book that is said to be in the special collections section of the Anderson Library, which, according to hearsay, uh, leads to the death of those who read it. Now, there's spooky tales that have been passed down from generation to generation of the residents of Whitewater and um, the University of Whitewater as well, uh, where the students and town folks they continue to be a part of this like unique thing that goes on there. So lots of paranormal encrypted activities happening around that place. It's so interesting when we look into like witches circles and witch grave circles and all that. And I still have not figured out, I, I believe I looked this up before, but I can't remember, but why they make burials in circles. Oh, I yeah. I need to look that up. Yeah. So if you know why there are a lot of grave sites in circles, let us know. Put it up on our Facebook page. Yeah, we want to see some articles about that. So, guys, drop a a, a, a note. Yeah. (laughs) Drop a, drop a, drop a. But just like we hear about cryptids and dogmen and stuff like that from all over, Wisconsin is known for... The dogmen. Yeah, so, um, you know, all our paranormal teams out in Wisconsin, let's hear what's going on out there. Not just ghost stories. We want to hear all the weird and spooky, yeah. mysterious elementals and cryptids and possibly Bigfoots and dogmans tromping around. And Linda, you will be missed. Uh, she was a good friend, friend of the show. 
friend of the friends of the show. Yep. She, everybody is good friends with her, and everybody that has talked to her never said a bad word about her. It's very smart. And uh, one of the books that I have mm-hmm. that we picked up at one of the conventions we talked to her at was Weird Michigan. And I love this book. I go, whenever I'm traveling, I always have it with me. Mm -hmm. And just looking at the weird places in Michigan. It's a great book. Pick it up. Yeah, it's a nice. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, hardcover book. And it's got really cool things from ancient water circles to bizarre beasts and, um, you know, tales of uh, weird uh, sightings of strange things and there's like a Stonehenge somebody made in one city and doll gardens. It's just real weird oddities it's and a, roadside attractions. Yeah, I love the roadside attractions. And <laughs> it's a mystery spot, remember? Yeah. <laughs> in Michigan, upper the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the Youpers, which is a band, uh-huh. has the Youpers Tourist Trap. They have a mystery spot. And if you're up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, if you're coming over from Wisconsin or heading to Michigan Paracon to yes. see us, mm-hmm. stop at the mystery spot. Take a walk through the woods. It's a one-mile path back in the woods to find their mystery spot. Now, as a listener of the show, I'm going to give you a heads up on it. <laughs> you walk back one mile through the woods. You're curving and turning, going through the trees you reach their mystery spot. You look down. It is a one foot by one foot square picket fence with a pile of fake dog poop in the middle. <laughs> you just <laughs> saved everybody $30. Yeah. So with that, let's leave. Uh, like I said, Linda was awesome person. Yeah. I was shocked Rest when I peace. found out about this. Not sure what the cause of death was, but that doesn't matter. The matters is she's no longer with us, but you know, the thing is. Maybe with us in spirit. That's what I was going to say, because she was into this, and she knew what was going to yeah. happen, and she may be down, looking down on us right now, flicking me in the head, going, that's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> no, but, you know, again, we just, you know, it's it's always hard to lose somebody who's been such a, a staple in the community, and, um, you know, definitely will keep her memory alive by her books yeah. and, you know, all her, her interviews. So mm-hmm. guys, you know, life is short. Time is precious. Let's, let's have fun and let's go do some weird and fun road trips and, you know, maybe make 2023 the, the year that you get to that one location that you've been wanting to get to and, and just haven't had the time or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Go do it. Do it. Do it. Get off the couch. Just like I say on the Year of Profit, get off the couch and go do stuff. Yeah. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to remind you that Christmas is coming up. And what better thing to do is get Weird Michigan from Linda Godfrey. I'll put the link in the show notes. Click on the link. Even if you don't want to buy Weird Michigan from her, click on the link and you'll be able to look at all her books. Yeah, definitely. And and don't forget that, you know, Joe's book is available. Yes. He has his first published 
book. We're so proud of him. And book's book. doing great. So you guys got to get a copy. It's um, 40 Day Transformation. So it just helps you um, put yourself into a positive mindset and keeps you on track with your projects. And um, it, it helps change your life for the better. It will. This book will change your life. I'm getting some great reviews from people yeah, that have yeah, read it. Sure. And they, they loved it. And doing it. It's sort of a, a workbook too, it is. right? It's and a it's not a book you read. It's a book you do. Awesome. So with that, we want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the holiday season. And don't forget to make your plan for 2023. Come see us at a convention. Heck yeah. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week.